Hi everyone, I'm Vincent Joe, and you're listening to This Week in Skating. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. Today, we're excited to welcome Vincent Joe to This Week in Skating. As you know, Vincent is a 2022 Olympic medalist and two-time world bronze medalist. Last season, Vincent won his first Grand Prix gold medal, beating Nathan Chen, who had been undefeated for over three years prior. This season, he decided to focus solely on his studies at Brown University. So we want to welcome Vincent to This Week in Skating. Welcome, Hi, Vincent. Vincent. Hi, Daphne and Gina. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's wonderful to be here. Well, we appreciate you taking time from school. We were chatting about school before we started recording here. We'll talk about school in a little <laughs> bit, but let's go to the way beginning. Tell us about how you first started skating. Um, I have I have two instances of my quote unquote first time on the ice. My real first time was when I was three years old, and my dad took me to the uh, the local ice rink. And you know, I was I was standing on the ice. I wasn't able to move. I was too scared to do anything. And then my dad like picked me up by the armpits and like and like kind of kind of like carried me around Titanic style, and I felt like I was flying. <laughs> Um, but when I actually started skating, it was after a friend's birthday party when I was five and a half. Um, and you know, I was, I was like, I was going super fast. I was racing my, uh, I was racing my friends from school. And I just, you know, I, I realized like, like, I just want to, I want to be good at this. Um, so I, I started, uh, I started group lessons and that's how I got into it. So what are some of your favorite memories of your career that you've had so far? Because you did say you were going to focus on school this year, but you haven't exactly retired. So what, let's look back just a little bit. What are some of the things you remember the most about your competitive career? Oh God, favorite memories. Uh, there's so many. How, how can I pick? Um, what am I? Okay. I'll start early and then maybe I'll pick one or two from later on. One of my favorite uh, memories from earlier in my career was the 2013 U.S. Championships in Omaha, Nebraska. That was uh, that was when I won my junior title skating to Casablanca. Um, little you know, a little 12 year old in a suit and everything with a bow tie. <laughs> um, and then I remember after after the free skate when I got back to the hotel, um, everyone in the lobby stood up and like gave me a standing ovation as I walked in the lobby. And that was, oh that was gosh. one of the best, <laughs> best moments ever. Um, another one of my favorite moments, uh, another one of my favorite moments has to be the 2019 world championships. Uh, just an all around feel good story. Um, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but that season I, I went through a lot of, issues um with you know with the whole under rotation stuff and um and you know like skate like skating a skating a quote-unquote clean program with 
a quad Lutz, quad flip, triple axle, and then going into the kiss and cry and getting 76 points um, at Skate America. And, and then, you know, for some reason, a bunch of people started to like, started to like hate on me or whatever. And, and then at four continents that season, um, at four continents that season, I, that was my first uh, major ISU medal. I won a bronze at four continents. And then in the press conference, uh, they were like, what are your, what are your goals for worlds? Or like, what, what are you you know trying to accomplish at worlds? And, and I, I remember I said something along the lines of, um, of like, I know this will be heavily dependent on how the other people skate, but if everything goes well and I'm able to, you know, do the best job that I can, I hope to win a medal. And then people were like, oh, he's delusional. It's never going to happen. Um, whatever. Like, why would he even say that? You know, like this guy just won a medal of four continents is already letting it get to his head, whatever. And then I went to Worlds and I won a medal. So, I mean, it wasn't even, it wasn't even to, to, you know, quote unquote, get back at the haters or anything. It was just for me, you know, it was like proving to myself that I belonged in the group of the best skaters in the world. And, and that I had, you know, worked for it and, 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 and finally earned it fair and square, you know? So that was just a great moment. Um, and then I'm, I'm sure we'll get to this later, but uh, I, ha I have to mention the 2022 world championships again, just a, a huge personal victory for me. So. You know, I'm going to say, Vincent, I like when skaters are realistic in a sense and they say their goals of, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I want a medal at Worlds or I want a medal at Four Continents and not just saying I want to have a clean skate. It's just hearing what they're really going after is really as a, as part of the media, hearing that that's what they're after and not just necessarily a clean skate. We all know you guys want to do a clean skate, but when someone has that goal and they're not afraid of what people are going to say and they just say it, I want to be on the podium. I want to win a world championship. It, it just, it's great to hear that determination, that focus, that drive. Yeah. Thank, well, thank you. Thank you for saying that. And yeah, absolutely. It's not about, it's not about like, it's not about like thinking I'm good. It's about, it's about having a, a dream, having an inspiration, having motivation. I mean, why, why do kids like I, when I was a kid, I was like, I want to make the Olympic team. Like did, you know, this doesn't mean I have a big head. I than everyone else. I just, I just have a dream of making the Olympic team, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so it's, it's the same thing here, you know? So. Yeah. I think to go yeah. with what Gina said, the authentic comments that come out of press conferences are really appreciated because a lot of times it's diplomatic answers yeah. um, that are carefully worded. So to hear someone say what they really want is refreshing. Um, a lot of times I know in press conferences, like Zach Donahue is one that will be very honest about what it, what's happening or what he's going for. And I, yeah, to go with what Gina said, I just think it's very authentic and refreshing to have someone be honest and vulnerable about this is what I want. Yeah. You know, this is what I'm going for. Yeah. And we're not media that's going to come after them if no. they don't accomplish it. We're not no. that, you know? No. So, but I like to hear what the, yeah, being authentic with themselves and what the goal is for you guys and um, not just what we want, you know, skaters saying what they think we want to hear you say, you know? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the Olympics. I feel like we have to. Mm -hmm. 
Your first Olympic experience. Let's go back to that first. What was it like in 2018 when you you made the Olympic team? You were kind of a surprise at nationals um, that year. What was it like? Yeah, I mean, that was my first year competing at the senior level level internationally. Um, so you know, there was there are obviously some big question marks floating around my head and um and and nobody really knew what to expect. I didn't really know what to expect. Um I remember after 2018 Nationals was in San Jose, which is where I was born. And and so that was a that was a special nationals for me. And um, you know, the night the the night of the free skate, or I I suppose the night after the free skate, not the day after, but the night, the hours following the free skate, if I speak <laughs> English. Um you're just you're just sitting there waiting for waiting for the text message or the email that that basically says like congratulations you've been nominated to the olympic team and uh and uh i i don't think i don't think it matters now but um when when we get nominated we're not supposed to you know tell anyone until the public announcement the following morning but like i was i was in a room with my friends and I didn't, I didn't tell them. So I got the text message at 1231 AM and I literally like sprang up and started like, started like running around hollering and, and then, and then everybody knew instantly. And the whole room was just like screaming. There were probably noise complaints for a diameter of three blocks. <laughs> like it was, it was crazy. It was a, such, such a good memory. Um, I, just for the record, U.S. figure skating, don't come at me. I made sure to tell them to keep it quiet until the official announcement. Just putting <laughs> that out there. Um, yeah, and then you know, at at the actual Olympics, I mean, it was like it was like I was just like sorry, I you know, just being being around being around so many athletes from all over the world, each with their unique stories and journeys reaching to, to reach that point because you know up to that point I was like so focused on my own journey and and achieving my own dreams and and I and I felt like I had been through so much to get to that point and then I look at every single person around me and I realize they've all been through that in their own way and that's like so inspiring you know and uh and that I mean that that sense of awe is just something I'll carry with me for the rest of my life and um you know obviously i skated i skated really well there i was uh i was second in the technical score in the free skate um and even though okay the, i have a bone to pick with a technical panel in the free because <laughs> my second quad lutz was clean my my second quad lutz was clean without a question um U us figure skating had a had a high speed video like a high speed as in like a couple thousand frames per second in super slow motion and i obtained the video from them and it was clean um my, i was a little forward on my landing but that doesn't mean it wasn't clean it was backwards um so so i'm gonna say myself that like that was the first time someone did two quad lutzes in a program um with one in the second half and so that like that was just a really good moment for me um and uh it just felt like you know, like I've made my dreams come true, you know? And after, afterwards, I think I, I tweeted something like my time is now because everyone was like, oh, your time isn't now. Your time is in four years. <laughs> Jokes on me. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I was like, no, my time is now. I just did that. My time is now. 
So, um, but yeah, that was, that was a really good experience for me. First, I'm going to say the fact that you guys are finding out you made the Olympics via a text message is crazy to me. I feel like (laughs) they should come to your door with like big balloons. It should be this big like (laughs) celebration, not a text message, but whatever. (laughs) I don't know why we do it via text message, but. I mean, the the committee has to meet for a few hours immediately following the event to discuss. And I think it's unfair for them to keep um, to keep the skaters waiting around for the committee to finish. And it's not like they can sort of put a tracker on us. And after we go back to our hotel rooms or, you know, if you're older, like go out and party or whatever. Um, Because I I was 17 at the time. (laughs) But, uh, you know, like, like that, I don't think it's realistic but i i agree yeah yeah i just i don't you know if for me like if my phone is sitting somewhere else it could be sitting there and i wouldn't have seen that text message for like a couple you know hours someone else could have grabbed my phone saw the text message i'm just thinking there could be other ways of letting you guys know that you made the olympic team but you know text message it is and um you know i'm glad that you got two text messages telling you you made the olympic team thank you thank you well in 2022 it was an email so oh email (laughs) we graduated gina just wants it to be more of a celebration i do it really should be she wants it to be yeah that's that's fair that's fair yeah i'm picturing the balloons that show up (laughs) at the doors um i don't know if you've ever seen the circle it's a social media show on netflix where different things go on it's kind of it's a contest but everyone's anonymous, but they come to the door sometimes and they have these big balloons. The people in the rooms are so like, they don't have contact with anyone outside. Yeah. So when they open the door, there's just balloons or whatever. <laughs> and the reaction is really fun. So I'm picturing that when I'm thinking about Gina's balloon brigade <laughs> coming around to the different rooms. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know why I was thinking like just some big surprise. Like it's a birth, you know, coming in a door, yeah. bottle of champagne, you know, something like that. But, you know, t- we got to do text message or email is in 2022, whatever <laughs> we yeah. have to do to let you guys know, I guess. Yeah. So you, when you were 17 years old, found out that you had achieved your goal of going to the Olympics. Yeah. That must have been like earth shattering. I mean, I can imagine you you were jumping up and down in the room with your friends because what better way to find out than surrounded by the people that you love hanging out with? Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was the first time in my life I felt like my journey had had reached like not not completion but like i had reached the 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 top of the mountain so to speak um that was the first time i felt like complete you know because i i mean i moved away from home when i was nine years old to pursue this my mom left her her career her job and we took a blind leap of faith to i mean i wasn't even good at that time i was just doing doubles i i didn't even have my I don't think I even had my double axle yet. Um, and, and we already, you know, we just, we just jumped right straight, straight into the deep end. And, and since then, like, since then my family, my mom, and, and of course myself, like we sacrificed so much, put in so much and, and, you know, like it, it, it was just such a journey and, and then when and and then finally reaching that point just brought 
like everything come full, full circle, you know, it, like the, the purpose that we had been after for so long, that we've been driven by for so long was finally complete. Um, and yet you decided to stay in for another four years and go for it again. Yeah. Even though, yeah, I mean, well, because still at 17 is still really young in men's skating. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I still had somewhere to go. I still had room to grow and potential yet to be fulfilled. So let's move on to 2022, which is taking place, was taking place during a global pandemic. Uh It was just a worldwide experience where we were all going through the same things. Athletes had their own set of challenges and people who, you know, that their job was just to go to an office or to do, you know, um, customer service work. We all had our own individual list of challenges. What was it like to be an athlete training during that time, even before the Olympic team was selected? Well, when when the pandemic first hit and everything shut down, all rinks closed for a few months. So everyone was in the same boat. We couldn't we couldn't really skate. We couldn't do anything. Um, so the off ice training, the off ice training, you know, picked up obviously. Um, and I mean, for me, uh, for me, I was zooming with my trainer from home. I was, you know, I was doing, I was doing like step ups and box squats with chairs or couches. I was using. I was using watermelons and milk gallon milk bottles as uh, weights and, and textbooks, backpacks. I, I had, I, I put a bunch of textbooks into my backpack and used it as a weighted vest. Um, we, we, we made do. And, you know, then I, I finally, I mean, I was in Colorado Springs. I don't know how I didn't get outdoors earlier, but I finally started to get outdoors. I mean, that honestly, that saved me um, because instead of being shut inside like everyone else um, or a lot of other people, I should say, um, I was actually able to get outside and do stuff, you know, get, go out in the mountains and, 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 you know, it, it, for me, being out there is both, is both like kind of working out in a, in a way, but also it's soul searching for me. Um, because when I'm, when I'm out there, I feel I feel powerless against the forces of, of nature, I guess. And that's such an awe inducing feeling. Um, it, it, it really puts things in perspective and it feels almost spiritual in a way. Um, but that, that brought me, that brought me lots of, lots of meaning during the pandemic. Um, and then you know, rinks slowly started to open back up, but, you know, we were, we were training limited hours, um, doing everything, you know, obviously with masks on and, and different regulations and whatever in place, like only a certain number of people on the ice or in a certain area. Um, and you know, nothing, nothing was felt like nothing would ever be the same again. Um, and yeah, and Mm -hmm. gyms weren't open, so my trainer, like when we were finally able to get back in person, um, we, we did our, we, we did our workouts in like in the parking lot or in, in like a hallway between two rinks, or, um, I, I actually have this really meaningful anecdote where we were, we were working out in the parking lot outside and then, you know, being Colorado 
Colorado, we got an afternoon hailstorm when it was still sunny outside. But the hail was coming down and the wind was blowing. And obviously we couldn't we couldn't keep going outside, or could we? We literally moved under the nearest overhang and continued working out with the hail like crashing down all around us. And that was that was just a moment where I was like, like, I'm in this, you know, like literally rain or shine, like no matter what the conditions are, no matter what the circumstances are, I am fully committed to this, you know, to this Olympic dream. Like that was that was a that was like a a moment for me. Um But yeah, and then, you know, when competitions finally came back, it was just not the same, you know, with cardboard cutouts for an audience and, and, and like crowd noise being played over the speakers. Um, it, it was, it was just different. It was, there wasn't, there wasn't the same, there wasn't the same sort of buzz, you know? Um, and obviously in the moment I was, I was telling myself like, this is just like another competition. I've done this so many times before. I just need to focus on myself. Um, so, you know, in my head, I was telling myself it's, it's not any different, but now looking back in my heart, I feel like it's just not the same. Yeah, we felt it too. Uh, Gina and I didn't go to competitions for, for me, it was 18 months before I was back photographing a competition. Um, for Gina, I think it might've been a little bit longer. Yeah. About that. And it just was doing everything virtually, Yeah, which was, I mean, that's hard to watch a competition and then to be talking to you guys via Zoom um, instead of being there in person. And I really miss that. Um, I think my first big competition back was Skate America in 2021 when he won gold. <laughs> and that was my one of my, we were, we did an episode um, a couple months ago where we looked back on the year 2022. And in my mind, I kept thinking, okay, Vincent winning gold at Skate America was a moment in 2022. Nope, nope, it was in 2021. Yeah. But I still mentioned it as part of our episode because that to me was being there and seeing you win gold um, and accomplishing that. I just seeing your face afterwards and your reaction Talk to me a little bit about what that was like to finally win a gold medal on the Grand Prix and to beat someone who you've been, you know, neck and neck with for a number of years. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say neck and neck. Um, I think I think we can all agree that that Nathan is an incredible skater and the most the most dominant, um, the most dominant competitor in in recent memory in men's figure skating um that being said i always i always um so i i i had surgery for my knee in 2013 and i was out of competition for two years before that i was you know i was catching up like at 20 2013 nationals which i mentioned earlier um i i won that year um, and I, I mean, I, I know Nathan had the stomach flu, um, and he was, you know, he was competing under very difficult circumstances. Um, but I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that like before, before my surgery, I was, you know, I was like there and then, you know, I was set back two years and then nothing was ever the same again. Um, and that's probably one of my biggest, I don't know if regret is the right word because I couldn't really have done anything about it. But that's one of the biggest, um, I guess, limiting factors in my career, and um, and since then I was just sort of playing catch up, um, and you know, twenty uh, 
when, when the 2022 Olympic season came around, I was, you know, I, my mindset was like, like I'm, I'm no longer settling for, for, you know, third place or second place or whatever. If I'm the better competitor that day, then I'm going to win like that. That's just how it's going to go. Whoever is the better competitor that day wins. And so I was just pushing myself to get to a point where I had a chance to be the better competitor that day. Um, and, you know, I, and I made it happen. Um, and honestly, if, if I had known ahead of time, what would happen at the 2022 Olympics, I would have probably celebrated even more, um, it's in the moment while it was incredible. It was, you know, it was emotional. It was, it was such a good feeling. Um, I was trying, I was already trying to pace myself. I didn't want to get ahead of myself. I wanted to say like, like, yes, this was, this was incredible. This was like almost the, pretty much the skate of my dreams, but but I've still got places to be, you know, I still have to go up from here. And so I was trying to pace myself. Um, but, you know, looking back, I mean, of course, hindsight's 2020, but, um, or 2022, <laughs> no but, um, you know, if I, if, like I said, if I had known what happened, what was going to happen at the Olympics, I would have, I would have probably <laughs> been even, even happier um or or let loose a little more but you know this is just how it goes you you live and you learn so well i feel like we have to talk about beijing yeah. because we we've talked all the way up to it yeah. you get to beijing everything seems normal it's time for the team event you skate what was it like um getting to participate in the team event oh, that was that was so cool um I mean, as you know, and as a lot of people listening will know, that's that's not a format that is ever in competition, aside from the World Team Trophy, which isn't, which I don't think is an official ISU event. Um, so it, it's not really a format that anybody is used to competing in. It's it's definitely different, but I think I think having that experience is having that experience was was really good for me. Um, even though it's, you know, it's overshadowed by, you know what, <laughs> but, um, but, but still having that experience and just being able to compete on, on team USA for, you know, for, for team USA and with my teammates that, you know, we'd all made this journey together. That was, uh, that was a really wholesome experience. Now, when did you find out there wasn't going to be a medal ceremony? Honestly, I don't remember. Everything happened so fast. I mean, I tested, I got my positive test the next day. Um, and then, and it was just a whirlwind of emotions and events. And and I honestly don't remember. Um, I remember there were talks of, of, oh, they're going to try to have some sort of ceremony. We don't know if there's going to be medals. Um, and that was, um, I think that was when I was in, I think that was when I was in quarantine. Um, but then it, you know, it, it turned out there were, there were no medals. Um, and then, and then in the week, in the week I was still in Beijing after I got out of quarantine, um, there was still a question mark over whether or not there was going to be a medal ceremony. But then there was a, I think there was like a, a meeting or something. There was a private meeting and, and they were like, they were like, we can't, um, we don't want to give out the wrong color of medal. Um, so 
I don't think so. We don't think there's going to be a medal ceremony here. And like, I, under, I understand their, their, their reasoning behind it. Um, so, uh, you know, it, like, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this. I think when I first heard there wasn't going to be a medal ceremony, I think it was around the same time I would heard the news came out that you had tested positive. And I think my first reaction was, Oh, they're not going to have the medal ceremony. They're going to wait until Vincent's out of quarantine. That was my first thing before. Be, I'm just telling you now, before the news came out about the, what it was, I thought it was because you had tested positive for COVID and they were going to wait until you could participate in the medal ceremony. No, so I just I, thought I'd tell you that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that informed. They wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wish it was that simple. That though. simple, yeah. <laughs> because it's become a complicated situation. Gina mentioned to me earlier that she spoke to you back in April while all you were doing the stars on ice tour. And this was only a couple of months after the Olympics. I don't think any of us thought it was going to be a year later and the medals are still not awarded. There's just a lot of pieces that they're trying to iron out with regard to the doping and how that's going to affect the medals. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine not being able to celebrate. I mean, the silver medal was a huge thing. The U S had never, I mean, the team events not been going on for that long, but the U highest U S had ever finished is bronze. So silver was a huge deal. Like, an amazing accomplishment and it's hard to celebrate when you don't you have the empty metal box yeah well i mean the they they didn't want to award us the silver medal and then later you know come to the conclusion that or like later have it be ruled that it was the wrong color um so that's what they were trying to avoid um which i understand um and and in some way, in some way, I I think all of us can almost agree with that, right? I mean, it, it it's, yeah. it's reasonable. Um, but the I mean, there are a couple of reasons why it's been taking so long. Number one is because um, the Russian doping agency has been stalling for time and and intentionally making things difficult um, because, of course the of course the the russian government is is in control of of the skaters of the doping of the media of the agencies of what everything happens they they're you know they're pulling the reins and when they have jurisdiction over the case they're going to do everything to to tilt the scales in their own favor and not in the favor of of um you know those those darn americans but it's not even it's not even those darn Americans. It's it's the entirety of the rest of the world of, you know, mm-hmm. all the countries participating in the Olympics, Canada, Japan, you know, people who are who are also waiting on potential metal color changes. It's not just the yeah. U.S. And that's something that I really want to get across, because a lot of people think like, oh, Americans are so greedy or, oh, you know, all the what about is that's going on but it's not about just team usa it's about it's about the other countries too and about the integrity of sport as a whole um yeah ryuchi kiara 
came out and made yeah. a statement not that long ago yeah, about I it. I saw and that. Good for him. I, Good for him. Yeah. I think that was one of the first times that we heard from someone outside the U.S. that's affected by this because, of course, Japan won the bronze. And and again, you got you had the the celebration with mascots on the ice after the event. Again, it's not there's not closure like yeah. it's it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. And it's hard as a fan because, you know, as media, we're also fans of the sport to watch this go on because we just want so much for this to be worked out. Yeah. Um and it, it does go much deeper than just medals. It it's talking about clean competing, yes. clean sport. And that's so crucial to figure skating. Yeah. Sorry if there's background noise, by the way. Earlier when I said there I wasn't in the best storm, part of what I mean is that I think there's squirrels living in my walls picking at the water. Oh, okay. Great. Oh, uh, that's great. Awesome. So if you hear like the, that metallic <laughs> plucking sound in the background, that's what it is. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, anyway, anyway, um, yeah. So okay. earlier I said there were multiple reasons. One of them being, being you know the whole, just when you know, like I said, when the Russian government has jurisdiction over the case, they're going to try and um, and and turn things out in their own favor. The other the other thing is that it's not just it's not just one one case like a lot of people a lot of people who look at this case think oh it's just one skater who tested positive once but do you think that's an accident given given no. the history given the investigations that have been done in the past no this isn't the first instance no. it's not um let's talk about what was it like i mean you finish the team event, it's exciting, and then you find out that you have COVID. Yeah. Um, well, I was, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was doing my visualizations and stuff in my room after dinner, and uh, and then I I got a call from the uh, from the U.S. Olympic Committee, um, the COVID li liaison officer, and I was like. Uh, like instantly it's just something inside me was like this can't be good he's like why else would i get a call from the covid liaison officer you know like i i had been testing positive everything was perfectly fine i had no issues i wasn't in the contact for anyone else um and so instantly when i saw the when i saw the call on my phone i was like i was like this can't be good and then i was just praying that it wasn't like a worst case scenario and then it was the worst case scenario and uh like you know when you when something happens that's so so awful that you don't even know how to react because you have no previously developed heuristic to help you approach this brand new situation that's what it was like that's what it was like for me i didn't even know how to function i was like i was like yes okay thank you for letting me know and then I just kind of sat there and started packing my bags and, you know, like, like, obviously there was this terrible, like gaping feeling in my heart, but, but like mentally and, and physically, I was just like in autopilot. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, 
And then, you know, I was, I was taken off to the quarantine facility and I got there and I was just like, the whole time it was just like, like, what the hell am I doing here? You know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be here right now. Like, can I, can I, can I climb out the window and run back? Like that I should, I should be, I should be setting my alarm and, and, and going to bed right now. But instead I'm, I'm like standing on this grubby carpet. The walls look all wrong. You know, the, the, the color of the curtains looks all wrong. Like what, what even is that outside my window? Where am I? What's going on? You know? And, um, yeah, and then I I sat down and then I tried to record the video that I ended up posting, um, which you know which a lot of people saw, um, and that I think that took me over two hours because I I had a total of seventeen takes or something because I just kept on, you know, breaking off and 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 not being able to not being able to talk, but I knew I had to force myself to get my thoughts out there to process, and just like wrap my head around the whole situation. And, and I wasn't even talking to anyone else. I was just talking to myself and I knew I wouldn't do it if I weren't filming myself. Um, and I also knew like I had an obligation to, to update people. So um, yeah. And then, then the next morning, um, the next morning. So I, 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 I tend to, my body clock tends to like wake me up a few minutes before my alarm is supposed to ring just like instinctually. Um, mm -hmm. and so I woke up a few minutes before, before my, my alarm would have gone off. And it's like, I instantly sat up, like I was ready to like, you know, get going and get ready to go, go to my, my warm up in the morning. And then like, and then I, and I, I like, I looked at the ceiling in the dark and it was like, I was like, huh, those bumps don't look like the ones back in the Olympic Village room. And then I remembered where I was. And then it just like, just like, just like. Another, another punch to the stomach. I just like melted into the ground and like died right there. It was just, yeah. Um, and, you know, and I, I. I called people, I talked to people, just worked through my thoughts, worked through my emotions and, and tried to stay sane by, 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 by talking to people, my psychologist, my, my coaches, my mom, my friends. Um, and by the third day, I thought I was, I thought I was starting to do better. Like I was like, okay, you know, this is, I've kind of come to terms with where I was at. And, but that was a day of the free skate. And then, um, and then I saw the results and I was like, like that's, that's so doable. It wasn't like everyone was getting 330 points or whatever. I was like, I, I could be there. I should be there. I could have won a medal very, I could, I could not easily, but I could probably have won a medal given how my season was going. And given how I was training up to that point, I knew I would have had a great chance. Um, and then when I realized that it just like kind of broke me down all over again. Um, the whole time, even when I was in Beijing, I was still, even, even though I was already, you know, it was already, you know, obviously awful. Um, I was still in Beijing and there was still some, something inside me to like, keep me going because I was still at the Olympics technically. 
Um, and so the real, like, I guess I really, I didn't really start hurting until I got home. Um, because when I, when I got home, my first, my first thought was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get right back on the ice and start training. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to basically drown my misery in, in sort of throwing myself at my work and trying to prepare for the world championships. And, uh, and as soon as I got on the ice, I, I just realized like, like this isn't happening. My, my body isn't responding. My mind is, is in a, is in another universe. My body's not going to respond to my mind and nothing is going to come together. I can't like, I could hardly do like a triple, a triple axle or whatever. Um, in fact, in, in the whole time from the Olympics until worlds, I didn't do a single clean. I, I, I did, but I hardly did a single clean quad. Um, and, and there were, there were, multiple days where I couldn't even go to the rink. Like I would try to get up in the morning. You know, I would, I would, my, like I would set my alarm the night before my alarm would go off. I wake up in the morning, like trying to get myself into, into, into training mode. And then I would like make an effort to get up and then just like fall back down and just like, like lie there's completely empty, you know, there was nothing. And then some days when I did manage to get myself up, um, I would, you know, I would get to the point where I was ready to go out the door and then I would, I would go walk over to my skating bag to zip it up and close it up. And then I saw my skates and I just couldn't do it. You know, I like it. just the sight of my skates was just so painful. And then, uh, yeah, I just couldn't do it. Um, yeah. The, the only thing that, I mean, obviously as the weeks went by worlds was not getting any further away. It was only getting closer. And I knew I had to make a decision. Um, and that was like probably one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make because I knew that I was in no condition to compete at worlds. And even if I did go to worlds, like given what, given the state I was in, I would probably do terribly. And that would leave me in an even worse place than I was already in, you know, but if I didn't go like, well, that just goes against everything I've ever known, like allowing myself to give up. And then I'm just going to go off to college and like, and say goodbye to skating and, and leave it on that note. Like, am I really going to settle for that? You know? So obviously I had a dilemma on my hands. It was like, a, it was a lose, lose situation basically. Um, and yeah. And, and I was like, even, even my mom told me that, that I should seriously consider withdrawing because she knew how bad it would be for me if I went to worlds and I didn't skate well. Um, and like, I mean, I have a, I have a tiger mom. So hearing from her that like you should consider withdrawing, like that's just preposterous. You know, I'd never heard something like that in my entire life, my whole life. It was like, you have to do it. You have to, like, you can, there is no option, but to keep going and to, and to win, you know, that that's, that's all I grew up knowing and all I had ever practiced. And then, and then I suddenly heard like, like you should give up. And I don't know if, I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was 
more painful or more like suddenly motivating because to hear that kind of like dunked me in a cold water. And it was like, it was like, am I hearing this right? Is it actually okay to give up? And that made me, you know, question myself. And, and then I realized like, no, I'm never going to, I'm never going to, you know, let myself sleep ever again. If I, if I allow myself to, to just give up like this. So I was like, I was like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care anymore what happens. I'm going to Worlds because that alone is a huge victory. Just simply getting on the plane to go to France is a huge victory. Um, and and then when I when I got on the plane to France and when I got there, I suddenly I suddenly realized like I suddenly realized like I've just taken the hardest step um like up up till now i've been you know i've been like dangling on a rope above above a void and i'm i don't want to trust the rope i'm scared of it i'm like struggling and and i don't know if i should let go or, or keep holding on but but getting on the plane to france was like was like convincing myself that the rope was worth holding on to and then all of a sudden I felt like free, you know, I was like free of the burden of having to, having to fight that uncertainty. And one, you know, like once I'm in, I'm all in. And, and then I just, it was like magic. Like after six weeks of, of almost no training, one week in quarantine, one week in Beijing after quarantine, and then four weeks at home where we're, most days I couldn't even bring myself to skate. And when I did, it was like trying to run upright in the lap pool. Um, after six weeks of that, I went to Worlds and all of a sudden just started having some of the best practices I've ever had. Um, and like, I remember, I remember actually feeling joy and not nerves. I mean, it was, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not a, magic believer like i believe in training and the process and you know like like developing and growing as any athlete normally would i don't believe in miracles but that was nothing short of a miracle i mean i was like i was like skating full speed around the corner into quads and actually smiling at the, like the wind blowing through my hair and like just the freedom of, of being out on the ice you know and it was just it was just magic um, and yeah, and then, and then competition day came and like, yeah, I was nervous, but it wasn't the same kind of nervous. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like I had something to, I didn't feel like I had, I, I had something to prove. I was just, I was just like enjoying my moment to do what I loved after such a, you know, such a difficult journey. And like, I, you know, I nearly lost what, what I had given my whole life to. And then I suddenly rediscovered it. And, and then I was able to just, you know, I was like, you have to almost lose something to realize how much it means to you. And when I finally was at worlds, I realized how much skating meant to me. And, and then I was able to, I was able to bring that out and in, in, in the competition and just, and, and just skate for me. Um, 
and you know winning winning the medal was just the cherry on top um the huge cherry on top and uh and yeah that i mean uh yeah i'll never forget that well just first off um i can't even imagine how what it was like for you i mean i had covid and i was stuck here in my house you had covid but you were at the olympics and you know and i just can't even i just, I, I can't even imagine uh vincent and just how you took that and as you just said you went out there and you realized how much you missed skating skating was a part of you and you wanted to you couldn't end with the olympics you had to go and skate at worlds um and do it for yourself and then of course you know you win a medal and it's just icing on the cake what do you remember most now we're approaching another worlds um what do you remember most about worlds now almost a year later i would say two things first first thing was like those moments out on practice where i realized i was actually having fun and loving it um just like a little kid all over again um and the the other moment was probably when uh when the third to last skaters score appeared on the tv and you know like i i had already done the math i'm an asian okay i can do math i already done the math i knew the exact points i needed to medal and it looked right to me i like but but then i didn't i didn't want to believe it cuz like like it just seems impossible you know <laughs> i didn't want to believe it so then i was waiting for the like the overall standings to come up after that and then when I saw the overall standings and my name at the top of the list after that, I was just like, that was, I mean, yeah, it's like everything, everything from the last six weeks that I had gone through, like, just like boiled up to a head. And then, and then that combined with the, just like the, the triumph and, and like pure elation of, of 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 achieving that the two just kind of like like collided into one and and just kind of like hit me full force and um one of the most emotional moments of my life well we are a year later let's talk a bit about what life is like now how is school going you're living on campus albeit with some uh, squirrels in your walls essentially <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm having a good time here at Brown, um, making new friends outside of skating, and uh, and applying myself to new challenges. You know, um, there there's a lot of lessons that that can be taken away from my time as an athlete that carry over to to approaching challenges in school and in life beyond, um, and you know that's like I'll always be grateful for those lessons I learned as an athlete that I can apply. But um, I find that despite all the parallels, there is, there is an inherent difference between intellectual and physical challenges. And so I find myself constantly having to develop new ways to approach things combined with, combined with old mental techniques and, and, you know, things that I'm already familiar with, but in short, I'm, a beginner all over again. And that's a scary, but also exhilarating feeling. Um, cause being an expert at something, you have the confidence or, you know, you can do it. 
And it's just about how am I going to do it? But then stepping into a different world and being a beginner all, all over again and not knowing if you can do something or not and not knowing if you're on the right path. Um, because, you know, with skating, like I knew I was on the right path, but, you know, now, you know, there's this, I mean, I've a whole career or multiple careers ahead of me and I don't, I don't know what the path is yet. And so, like I said, that's daunting and exhilarating at the same time. What are you studying at Brown? I'm an econ major. Do you have any ideas what you would like to do with econ? I mean, I could give you a boring corporate answer or I could, (laughs) or, or I could, or I could tell you that my, my dream is to eventually, uh, my dream is to eventually start a skating school and a foundation of my own um, and address, uh, address a lot of the, the, the difficulties and challenges and barriers that I faced growing up getting into skating. I want to remove those barriers for, um, for other kids and um, allow people to, to realize their full potential in a way that I never could. Um, that's, I mean, that's my way of, of giving back to the sport and, and allowing things to come full circle. And I know I have the, I know I have the knowledge and the drive, um, for it. And so it'll just be about getting the, um, getting, well, first getting the education and then the resources and the connections to make it happen. That's not a boring answer. And I like that answer. (laughs) That's a great answer. Yeah. We appreciate that answer. The authentic answer. Yes. So are you going to do anything fun for spring break? Because that's coming up. Um, I'm going to New York. Um, I've got a couple things planned. Um, I've got some, you know, I've got some like career related stuff. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to speak at a couple places just talking about my, my um, journey, especially around the Olympics and worlds, which, uh, which I just talked about (laughs) earlier. Um, (laughs) And then I will be visiting figure skating Harlem. I'll also be visiting, I think, another rink. Um, just you know, doing some stuff, some 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 public speaking, some leadership, some you know, devoting my time to uh, to meaningful things and and reconnecting with with skating a little bit because I mean, school is a completely different world, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> have you been skating at all are you planning to do any shows or are you kind of really just focusing in off ice with school and and other things i'm almost 100 percent focused on school i teach learn to skate when i can but i don't really get much time to um so it, yeah i i haven't really i haven't really been skating um but you know obviously it's still it's still me. Like I'm still a skater. I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying goodbye to the sport by any means. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Cause you haven't, I just, <laughs> it's funny when we talked to Jason Brown, uh, back in November, when he decided to compete at nationals, everyone was talking about, Oh, he's making a comeback. He's coming back. Well, he never left and neither have you. Like you did not come out and say, I'm retiring. I'm never going to compete again. I'm not ever going to do any of those things. So if Vincent decides in a year or two to come back to competitive skating, he's not coming back, everyone. He never really left. (laughs) He's just taking a break, and it's okay to go and pursue these things. It's part of life. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you 23? I'm 22. In the eyes of men's figure skating, you're still very young. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, this is something I was, I was thinking about in, in a lot of other physical activities, men don't reach their prime until their thirties or forties, or sometimes even fifties. Why is it that mm-hmm. skaters just have to expire at, at 23 or four or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. No, let's, so I'm, I'm, I want to keep the door open for myself. Like what if, what if I'm still doing five quads in a program at 50 years old? <laughs> I mean, that would be, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I think that's stretching it a little bit, but <laughs> look at Daisuke Takahashi is doing ice dance now in his late thirties. I mean, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, guy's a legend. I, I think that you, you're always, you're only as old as you feel. And if you think when you're 30 that you want to compete again, or even in a couple of years, I have no doubt that you're going to do whatever you put your mind to. Yeah. People climb Mount Everest after their 80s. Why can't I, why can't I figure skating (laughs) in my late 20s or 30s or whatever? Right. Exactly. I mean, Johnny Weir recently posted a video on Instagram of himself doing a triple axel all over again. and. Mm Yeah. Like he's the last time he competed was when, you know, so. <laughs> oh God. Was it 2010? Yeah. I want to say. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny, yeah, if you, if you listen to this, I'm not <laughs> implying that you're old. You look great. <laughs> you have a great youthful energy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to imply that at all. <laughs> so. so are you at this point, are you planning to just continue with school? Like next year, go back to Brown or are you taking it one year at a time? Um, I'm currently planning to go to just get through my remaining three years, um, in, in college. And then, and we'll see, like, you know, if I, if I decide to try to return for the 2026 Olympics, then obviously I'll have to start training. Um, I'll have to start training a long time in advance, especially because qualification, factors in the body of work um yes, Emily, i can't just suddenly return at nationals um i have to compete right. this season and possibly the season prior as well so um it's it's not going to be easy but like i said i want to keep the option open for myself well yeah we have these fun questions that we ask all of the skaters who come on the podcast they're the same ones but one question we want to ask you before we get into those fun questions, you were just talking about Mount Everest, indoor rock climbing. You seem to be doing indoor yeah. rock climbing. What do you like most about that? Well, I described earlier how during the pandemic, I got up, I got out into the mountains in Colorado and, and that was just life changing for me. Um, and there's not really, there's not really mountains like that here on the East coast. So I've transitioned to, I've transitioned to bouldering as a way to develop my my technical skill, um, so that I can eventually do harder climbs. Because one of my goals is to, one of my goals, one of my dreams in life is to climb in the Himalayas, and uh, and you know you got to start somewhere, right? So, um, fifteen <laughs> foot walls in a gym, it is. <laughs> Okay. Right. Okay. Um, but no, in no, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying bouldering. Um, I think I think something that applies is um something that applies is footwork. Um, because a lot of people think rock climbing is a lot about 
arm strength or finger strength, but actually footwork is critical. And, uh, and like, obviously if you try to climb with just your, your fingers or your arms, you're not going to get very far. Um, so I, I think I have an advantage in, in that I have good balance. I have good footwork. Um, however, singles figure skaters only need their, their arms or their fingers to grab their blades during, um, camel spins. So I, I have to say I'm lacking in that department, but, um, I've been, you know, I've been, I've been working hard on it and it, it gives me, it gives me something to like, I can't skate at the rink whenever I want, you know, there's certain hours and almost all of those hours don't work with my schedule, but the gym is open until 11 PM. I can go whenever I want. So it gives me, it gives me a way to, you know, get out there and, and, you know, keep up my, uh, physical condition, I guess, and, and learn new things. And also trying to figure out a problem involves, involves analytical thinking and problem solving and actually executing the sequence of movements is in a way similar to choreography in skating, because there's often a set way that you have to do things to, to get to the top. Um, it's not like, it's not like a ladder where you can just climb it in infinitely many possible ways. Often there's a specific sequence of movements that you have to do and specific techniques you have to use at certain points. And, um, I find that that's actually quite similar to a skating program. Um, so I'm, ha I'm not only am I having fun doing bouldering itself, I'm having fun seeing what I can apply from skating to learning it. So we have some fun questions that we like to end our podcast with. Yeah. So the first one, if there was a movie about your life, who would star as Vincent? Oh God. Um, I don't really follow um, like actors or, or, you know, movies or Hollywood celebrities or whatever very much. So I don't know names, honestly. Um, there's this, there's this one actor I'm thinking of though. He played the main character in Altered Carbon, the, the Asian version of the main character. Cause there's the main character had multiple bodies and. Um, I think his name is William Lee. Will, Will Yun Lee is. Yep. Yeah. 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 I think he has like a sort of unassuming and like poised and serious air about him that I kind of identify with. I don't know. All right. Yeah. He's been in a bunch of things that I've seen. Yeah. Okay. What is your most used emoji? Maybe the skull emoji because I joke around a lot with my friends, and that's like, that's like, that's like something that people use as like when something's funny. That's kind of what you reply with. So, yep. <laughs> okay, so if you're singing karaoke, what is your go-to song? Take on me by Aha. Yay! Awesome. Favorite songs of all time. Love that song. It's so great. Now, I know you're busy with school, so maybe this you're not binging any TV shows. So is there something you would want to binge? What TV show do you want to binge? I don't have a Netflix subscription and I don't I've never I never have, so I can't really give a good answer, but um 
I like sci-fi stuff, so probably something sci-fi. There's a lot of good sci-fi out there right now. Okay. It's really difficult to choose. Don't tempt me. Um, I'm in midterms right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can have it as a present after midterms. Maybe. maybe. Allow yourself to have... You the know, midterms never maybe stop, do that. though. When, once you start, they just keep on going. And then before... You yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? That's very much like skating because there used to be what people would call an off season, and Gina have, and I have found from doing this podcast there isn't one. No. It just continues. Yeah. It's a continuous process. Yeah, you have like two weeks, then you're getting your programs choreographed again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our friend Melanie is a, a photographer. She um, photographs some of the smaller competitions that are in the U.S. She's already doing events that are part of 2023 24 it's like what 23 hasn't even ended yet yeah that's crazy so what country haven't you visited yet that's on your places you know on your list of places that you'd want to visit anything with the himalayas so pakistan tibet nepal india southern china um anywhere there honestly and also switzerland or the french alps i've been to france but um yeah vincent likes the mountains he wants to get out with the mountains i love the mountains (laughs) he's not really in the mountains right now no no definitely not (laughs) hence the bouldering yeah yeah it's it's your way of communing with the mountains while you're right in a place that doesn't have any All right. Well, here is the question, Vincent. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> now, I will say the question, and then I'll tell you a little bit about the story that has made this question funny and the famous question. Okay. If you were stuck on a deserted island with three figure skaters, past or present, who would you want to be stuck with? Now, let me clarify. This is a fun experience. You don't need to get off the island. However, if you would like to take it as you need to get off the island, then so be it. It's up to you. Now, Jason Brown had a very hard time with this question that he couldn't give me an answer until nationals. We interviewed him in November. He had to wait until nationals to give me his answer, and he put a lot of thought in his answer. And he ended up going the route of he needed to get off the island, but then he did give me one skater that it was more just fun a fun time so with that being said what is your answer Um, i'm not gonna make you guys wait until nationals because that's another nine or ten months (laughs) (laughs) but uh, um and also i i I mean maybe i won't be at nationals and you won't get to interview interview me there so um i'm not gonna make you wait but that is a really hard question um i mean look i have to I have to pick people from from the Stars and Ice cast from last summer because, I mean, my whole life at competitions, at competitions, it's just about you. You never really truly connect with other people. And it wasn't until I was free after the 2022 World Championships and I, I went on tour with my Olympic teammates that I was able to truly connect with them and and bond and you know become a family. So I have to I have to pick pick people from 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 that group. Um but, oh god, but then 
It's hard, yeah. yeah. That's your favoritism. Um, oh, God. Well. Would it help you if I told you one of the skaters we had on the podcast did choose you? Yeah. Really? Can I ask yeah. who it was? Mariah, Mariah Bell. Bell. Really? Did, mm-hmm. did she say, mm-hmm. yeah, I was... What 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 was my purpose? What was my role? Well, she had chosen three people that she was again, like you were saying, stars on ice that she had a really good time with in Stars on Ice. Yep. Um. Well, I was the bus DJ, so maybe she wants to party there a little more. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I would get bored of the island, so I'd want to get off eventually. <laughs> I'd need I'd need like an ice dancer or a pairs guy who's really strong and who can like build a raft or something. <laughs> or maybe or maybe I can like use them as the raft. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um I'd probably pick Evan Bates. Um I have so much respect for for him and yeah, I, I have so much respect for him. I'd have to pick Evan Bates. Um I think he would I think he would be really practical and and a lot of his thoughts kind of align with mine and and he's honest and um and isn't afraid to stand up for what's right um and I think that that's a valuable uh those are all valuable qualities to have when you're stuck on a desert island regardless of whether you want to get off or not I would <laughs> probably choose Oh, actually, I'm going to I'm going to pick someone who's not who's not um, from the Stars and Ice cast. I'm going to pick Yura Min, um, South Korean ice dancer. Yeah, because she's she's so fun. Um, I had the chance to (laughs) I had the chance to uh, um, to to perform in a like semi touring show uh, in South Korea uh, in back in 2018 and uh and like we became we became really good friends during that tour and um and also she's she's really good with animals so that would you know that would be a valuable asset on an island alone <laughs> um because i'm assuming that we aren't the only living living things on that in that place um and then the third skater uh, uh oh god uh i can't i can't pick this is so hard <laughs> oh. this is why jason jason had a really hard time and he yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i think he had an algorithm in his head and that's why it took so long he was trying to <laughs> sort it out yeah i'm processing complex mathematical operations in my head right now <laughs> yeah that's uh, what it takes um Honestly, part of me wants to say Nathan Chen. Um, yeah, part of me wants to say Nathan Chen. He's just, he's just awesome. Like he's he's just good at what he does, you know. <laughs> and he's and and like he's fun to be around. And um, yeah, I I mean I I think okay yeah those are the people I'm going with. Those All are right. three great well, like, people right there. That was great. that was really hard though. Like, like I could have I could have gone with anyone else and it would have carried the same value, you know. That was really hard. Yeah. That was really hard. Yeah. 
It's a hard question. I know. Yeah. But it's a fun one to fun to see how you guys think of through it. Um, you know, we had Nam on and Nam, bam, in three yep. seconds. I don't think he even thought it through, guess, but he was messy. just like, yes, oh, yes, he did. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Keegan got chosen too by Jason because Jason said Keegan is very resourceful with living in Alaska and he would build. That's yeah. <laughs> Jason wants to get off the island though. So yeah, he was using it to get off the yeah. island. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a was... good choice. <laughs> God, that was hard. Having to make decisions. What is this? <laughs> Adulting? Being a college student? Yeah, I know. Making decisions? I know. Oh my God. Adulting is really hard, Vincent. It is mm-hmm. very hard. It, the more you get into it, the more difficult it becomes. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to thank Vincent for joining us on this episode and wish him good luck with the remainder of his semester <laughs> and his midterms and then his finals. <laughs> Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? Yes, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com, social media, Twitter, at this WK in skating and Facebook and Instagram this week in skating. We love your feedback or your questions. If you've got a question for Vincent that we can pass along to him, you can reach out to us on social media or you can email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all the feedback we've received and hope you guys are enjoying these interviews. But with that, we've reached the end of our episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week! <laughs>